Hello, and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS youth ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussion and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are ending our series, Starter Pack for Youth Ministry, and talking about how to engage and support young leaders. This is the final podcast of our Starter Pack series. It's been really fun to do. Uh, We hope that they've helped you to think about best practices and get new ideas to jumpstart your youth ministry. So feel free to come back and listen to these again anytime you need them as a reminder or uh, share them with somebody else who is just getting started in youth ministry. Now, if you want to know more about the overall picture of what we say healthy youth ministry looks like, uh, you can go and listen to our series on the seven practices of healthy youth ministry. That's earlier in the podcast. Now, in our seven practices of healthy youth ministry series of the podcast, we talked about the value of opportunities for young people to serve and lead. And certainly you can go back and listen to that episode, but we do want to do a quick recap and, and talk about too, like we understand this is takes a lot of investment from people. And so we want to be honest about that, but we also want to really encourage congregations to think about this and how you invest in young leaders for these servant leadership opportunities. Uh, What we saw in our research was that congregations that had a young servant leader under 32 had a strong level of retaining and attracting um, young people in their congregations. And this is any load-bearing leader, not just staff. It doesn't mean that other leaders aren't important either um, or that you just want young leaders. In fact, the age of the pastor did not have an impact on this retention piece. Um, So Juliana, going back to our research and that podcast also, why are young leaders so beneficial for congregations? Well, I think the thing we start with is uh, Gen Z uh, overall. When we look at that that generational data, we can see that they're really achievement oriented. Uh, they want to go after things. They are an action generation, and uh, they're used to uh, being very assertive about going out after what they're passionate about. Uh, they want chances to learn, to grow, to become leaders, uh, especially. Uh, if they can see how that's going to be beneficial for them in the long run. And so uh, we have a generation that's ready to get out and lead. And we get questions about why 32 or 30? Like, what does that mean? And, <laughs> and we, the research didn't necessarily tell us the why, but we think just like parents are great role models, we think that these young leaders are also really great role models and examples for young people in the congregation. That children and teens can look at young leaders and know that they have a place in the church. Or it's easy for a 17 or 18-year-old to look at a 23, 24, 30-year-old and say, hey, that's me in a couple of years. I mean, the church cares about me, wants me to lead, and so they can make that gap and understand and see them place in the church in here in just a few years. And young leaders help make decisions about how we use our resources, how we set our goals, how we structure programming that benefits other young people, right? So they're better able to help a congregation make decisions about how um, what we do might um, help share the gospel and help uh, build better disciples. Um, We know too that young leaders bring vitality and energy um, and they love to challenge the status quo. And and man, what a great opportunity for uh, us to walk alongside them and to hear their questions and to see spots where Um, We can continue to reach out with the gospel, um, both inside the church and outside the church. And so this helps the church from getting complacent um, as these young leaders have great ideas and great energy, uh, again, to reach outside the walls of the church, but then also to bring together the people of God um, in your congregation. 
Yeah, and I think young leaders really do help other young people see their value, right? So not it's not only just that the young leader who is seeing the value uh, of of their gifts, their skills, their abilities, but other young people are seeing that young people are valued within the congregation, uh, and they are able to not just be a role model for future leaders, but but to give an example of how we live out our vocation. Absolutely. So you might be starting here now, um, you know, thinking about what does this look like in our congregation? Where do I start? Um, how do I maintain this? Who do I need on my team? Um, and so as you engage that, there is a lot to consider, certainly. So just to get started, at least, we want to lay out a few key points to consider. Um, Julieta, to get us started, what is one of the key suggestions that you would provide for adults working with young people around service leadership opportunities? I think one of those pieces is at getting to know your young people in a way that kind of knows uh, who they are and how God's made them. Um, I think part of how you can set up a young leader uh, for success right from the start is by knowing their gifts, their skills, their passions, their experience. Uh, sometimes that takes a, a little bit of extra time. Sometimes it means having a variety of adults around to get to know them uh, a little better to engage them on those things. And then to be able to think critically about, okay, how, as I see these gifts, these skills, these passions, as I see this experience in this young person, how um, can I best utilize that uh, within the context of the congregation? The better you know your young people, uh, the better able you are to make sure that the leadership role you're asking them to be in is well suited for them. Uh, I think one of those pieces I hear a lot is, uh, well, they're a, a young person, so we, we put them in youth ministry or we put them in children's ministry. Right. Uh, because obviously, like if they're uh, a young person and they want to lead, that's what they want to do. And and maybe that's the case, but maybe it's it's not. Maybe that young person is really passionate about building and using their hands. And, and why we put them in you know, the nursery, if they really should be with the trustees, or uh, maybe that young person is really uh, interested and passionate about uh, business or accounting, and they want that skill set. Well, then why would we put them uh, in the VBS if, if really their role is, is going to be more uh, with the treasurer? So making sure that you know that young person, and you're able to kind of think through what's the right spot for them. Yeah, I, I remember uh, too. Along those lines, been at a conference, uh, one of the ones that we hosted, and someone talking about their mind changed about young people in the leadership when they found out one of their high school students was like in charge of closing the local McDonald's. And they're yeah. like, uh, this young person has a huge amount of responsibility to close down a store every night they work. We think as a church, we can give them some responsibility. So there's two for already considered places where young people are leading, like sports teams and theater clubs and other clubs work, wherever it might be, that they're taking on roles of leadership already. Um, and this might help you give an indication of what they're passionate about and their level of what they've been trained already or the level of responsibility that you can give them. And so it's another way to say, here's how we vocationally talk about this. You're already doing an amazing job in the workplace or wherever it may be. Um, and here's another place in the church that you can serve and also encourage them. I'm always impressed at when we talk to young people, how many of them are already getting some sort of leadership training and mentoring yeah. from their high school or from their sports team, or, you know, in some of those other places. Uh, so we can build on that. We don't have to recreate the wheel, uh, especially for those young people. And one of the things that I struggled with, certainly, was um, the assumptions uh, that a young person might be too busy to commit to being a leader, or, um, well, I don't know if that kid is 
got leadership qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think teens might surprise you <laughs> with their uh, with their interests, with their abilities. Uh, you know, certainly I was probably not an obvious candidate for leadership when I was <laughs> a young person, and yet my DCE saw some skills in me, some particularly nerdy skills, <laughs> organizing skills. Uh, that that um, and it was less about the popularity so much as it was about my personality that lent itself to the kind of leadership that they placed me in, uh, which was much more structural and wouldn't have worked for everybody. Um, so letting, and then having other young leaders help you identify young leaders. So sometimes your, your young people see that in each other um, and are able to kind of open your eyes to those places you wouldn't have normally looked for them. Yeah, and learning about those gifts and skills too is to understand, maybe this is getting down a few years now, but it's to understand like those teams or maybe those roles of service or leadership may change in your youth ministry or church too. And I, I realize this doesn't necessarily always make for planning um, uh, to make that easy, I guess. And a congregation also does, though, doesn't necessarily need to feel angst over the end of a leadership activity or team either. So I think of like, you might be gifted with a number of musically gifted young people. And so you have like a youth choir or something like that to where, uh, that's utilized in worship or other activities. And it's because those kids already had those talents. Now, it doesn't mean you have to keep having a youth choir or band forever if you don't have young people who have those gifts and talents. And so those services might be used for something else. And so just for the church to understand, like, you know, listen to what the young people have and their gifts that they have um, and be able to put them into service um, in terms of where um, they have desires and passions and abilities. As you find those right places for young people, uh, they're going to ask a lot of questions. Uh, and and uh, especially this generation, they are really not challenging you. They're not saying what you did is wrong. Um, so I think part of us as older leaders need to resist the temptation to be defensive there um, and really recognize that they are trying to figure out what's what you've done in the past, what's worked, what's been successful. They're assuming you did a, a lot of groundwork that they can then build and find some additional success and improvement on. Uh, this was particularly hard for me as I worked with young adults. Um, because often I would design something, I would feel really good about it. And then they would come back with question after question after question. And, and like, just trust that I know what I'm doing, but, but truly, and it wasn't that they weren't, um, but it was really, they wanted to understand how did I get there? What was the pieces that informs that? How did I um, plan to you to, to execute X, Y, and Z? Um, And so really it was coming from a place of wanting to learn and do well, by the roles that they were given rather than necessarily um, that they were challenging me. Yeah. Like one thing I've tried to do better is to answer the question, why? Why do we do things? What's the purpose? And if, mm. and if I can't answer those very well, I should probably be ready to get the question <laughs> if I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. A filter to think through. Um, a second key point that we would lift up is, again, to remember these are young leaders. Um, and so one thing we keep in mind is to set them up for success. Um, so uh, we talk about making sure the leadership role is load-bearing, uh, meaning that the role contributes and makes decisions about goals, programs, and resources. And there are many ways uh, to serve and share those gifts and skills, but leadership is distinct in that it has a decision-making and responsibility built into that role. And so again, this gives us opportunity for growth. So um, we don't want to say to a young leader that they are just being the token young person on a committee or a team or whatever it might be, because this can actually prevent young people from stepping up in the future because they think, well, when I'm done with this token role, what's next for me? And and so we don't want to set up that kind of situation for them. So again, really be thinking about setting it up for success and future success as well. 
they can really sense when the role that they're given (laughs) looks like leadership, but isn't actually giving them any kind of decision-making or influence uh, spot. Um, They can see it. They hear when they're not being listened to. They can they can sense when they're not really welcome. Uh, they're just there to make it look like young people are being listened to. Uh, and that can really leave a, a bad taste in their mouth. Um, and so part of, of putting a young person in that load-bearing leadership role is being willing to set aside how you <laughs> might want to do something. Uh, it might be true universally. Anytime you're bringing on a new leader, uh, sometimes you have to let go of your own ego or your own expectations uh, in order to allow that young leader to try and do it their way um, and to think it through the way that they uh, they would think it through, uh, to use their gifts and skills. And that might be different than the way that you would do something. Uh, and and also to be clear that you're not going to ask them to do something that you wouldn't be willing to do yourself. I think often yeah. our first instinct for young leaders is to put them into those roles that we can't find any other adult to do. Uh, and often those are roles that nobody else wants to do themselves or um, and, and And they can see that just as like the token leadership thing. They can sense when they're being put into a role just because nobody else wants to do it. And um, and it's harder, it's frustrating, or it's not useful anymore. Um, Yeah, so you have to be really careful about some of those pieces. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot in other um, podcasts and things too about the role of supportive adults. Um, And we found too that um, kind of your existing leaders, other adults can be this wonderful support system that encourages, um, and again, rather than speaking poorly or discouraging young leaders, but can be this the body of Christ supporting young people as they step out into leadership and role too. So be thinking like this is one of these great connections for these supportive adults to be invested in the life of a young people, young person. Um, be sure to, to let older adults know that they are still very important and necessary to the congregation, that this investment that they're making is amazing in the life of a young person, um, that it, it helps them to encourage them to mentor and pass on that information to the next generation without fear. So this mentoring role, it really is another very important leadership role in the congregation. Um, and for older adults to understand that as they get to equip and invest in young people. That attitude of trying to get uh, both older leaders, experienced leaders, and younger leaders to get together at the table uh, does take some energy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It takes some time and you really do have to think through how you're going to frame that up for both sides to be able to bring them to the table together to be able to work effectively uh, together and across generations because that doesn't always happen um, naturally. Uh, And then preparing that young leader for the structure that they will need to work in uh, and showing them the resources that they can utilize. Uh, Sometimes, just throwing it out there, uh, the bylaws and structures of congregations are uh, dated <laughs> and not often yeah. uh, uh, up to date. Um, or, or they have, there's a lot of uh, bits and pieces that a young person may not instinctively know how to navigate. Um, who all needs to be informed about stuff that's going on? How do I get access to financial resources? Who needs approval for what? Uh, and it could be that they need uh, resources like people who have done it before uh, or people who can give them access to certain parts of the building even, and access to history and access to money and other training. They're not going to instinctively know all of those things. They have to be taught 
where it is that they go for those pieces, how they manage the structure, how they do all of those different pieces. And part of that is going to be clear. You need to be clear about the expectations, the reporting and the support for those positions. So what are you asking them to do? Who's going to help them? Uh, what are the resources they can utilize? But then also, who do they need to talk to about that? How do they report back? Where training and support are they going to get? All of those different pieces uh, are things that we have to think about as we bring in that young leader. They're not going to naturally know those things. Uh, this is just kind of information you were born with. You have to know right, right. and be taught how to navigate a system in a way that's going to help them to be effective. And once you get there, then you can really let them go. But until they understand that, that you really do need to help coach them through it. Uh, along with the structures too, I think there's an openness to be willing to adjust how things, maybe just on the ministry task side of it, like how things usually get done maybe, um, that there are maybe new technology or other tools that will help. I mean, think about through the pandemic, what happened? I mean, in terms of who would have thought your Bible studies would be running off of Zoom or that you'd be have to figure out how to do a voters meeting or, or whatever it might be to where like, man, young people just stepped up in awesome ways in terms of helping churches further the mission of what was happening through that, um, whether it's worship service or whatever it is. So um, you may need to work around older systems um, to make that happen, but that will release young leaders into um, you know developing the way they've been trained, maybe inside and outside the church, to bring those gifts into the church and to, again, connect the body of Christ together and support them. So uh, just even from that task side point, it's to, like there might be some new openness and be open to that, how things can get done um, from a ministry perspective. I'm always... I laugh a little bit when I present uh, about young leaders to uh, adult church workers mostly um, I I say hey uh, you have to help speed up the process innovate the process innovate uh, get rid of the red tape for them to speed that along uh, and then Consequently, when I talk to teens and young adults about stepping into leadership, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to take the time and you have to figure it out because I think there's some happy middle there, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's a there's an importance of learning history and structure and resources and how we do that. And there's also a spot where we say, oh, okay, but we also need to innovate, think differently um, and, and get rid of some of those pieces that could be detrimental to a young leader. Part of the other piece is helping to create markers of success together. Uh, so if you're going to do something different, especially if you have a young leader who's going to try something new, make sure that you're setting up reasonable markers of success and letting everybody know what those are. So we're going to try a new event. This is what we hope we get out of it. And be really reasonable about that. Um, it, not to... Uh, to say, oh, it's success or failure, but just to kind of have a, a place that you want the, the event or the program to get to. Uh, if you bring on a new leader, you're going to expect to work together to create those markers uh, and helping young leaders to think through, okay, how are we going to define success for uh, a program or an event uh, in a way that helps make sure that we're doing the right things by the resources that we have and that everybody's on the same page together. Another thing that we would point to is to say that we want you to let young leaders go after that leadership, even if they're going to fail. And that may seem counterintuitive. It's really hard <laughs> for both grimacing as we say it. Um, but we really do have to free up young leaders to get out there, to try, um, to be upfront. And even if that doesn't always work out, uh, that they are the ones who are allowed to have the freedom to to lead, even if that means they're going to fail. 
I am so thankful uh, for people who allowed me to do that. Um, just uh, how much I've learned through those failures and, and uh, to be able to learn for those, grow for those, know where forgiveness was, uh, know that I was still loved by the body of Christ um, and to be able to learn from them too. Um, and I know that, that, like you said, it's a balancing act, right? Um, figure out those pieces on their own that they're uh, able to figure out, but also be available to give guidance. Um, it's a balancing act. You know, those that are parents know this with, with children, trying to figure this out and teaching them these things. There's, uh, I guess, a, a component maybe we talk about is there's the, I do it, you watch, and we want to move it into, we do it together. And then eventually to where it's, you do and I watch. Um, and so you're still yeah. there for guidance, but yet you're yet not young leader go and um, uh, having them take the steps, having them go through the process, having them lead. Um, and so that they get that chance to do that and learn through that experience too, so they can pass it on to someone else. Um, and we think about developing those young leaders. I think one of the most helpful things I did with young leaders in the congregation was often tell them stories of how I had messed things up in the past <laughs> because I, they had this sort of rose glass colored glasses when it right. came to kind of how I set that up. And I'm like, um, oh, that took a long time for me to figure this out. Let me tell you about all the different things that I did that didn't work. Um, or I would point them to particular, even if they'd been there, point them to particular things that maybe they didn't notice at the time, but that didn't go the way that I had planned and how I navigated that, how I walked through that, um, where I needed to ask for forgiveness. Um, it just helps them to be comfortable about those things. I feel like a good um, adage is uh, that we don't expect demand perfection, but we do want growth. <laughs> yeah. Things, and how can we set them up for that? And part of that is not stepping in and taking back responsibility. Uh, even if that young person's uh, maybe floundering a little bit or uh, things aren't going the way that everyone expected them to. And that is a, it's a balancing act, right? You're not going to, don't let disaster just happen or an emergency happen. Like don't we let people get hurt or anything like that. Um, but uh, let them try, let them try. And sometimes you're surprised at what works, even if you expected it to fail or how a young person might come through at the very last minute, even though you expected them not to, um, or uh, they try something and they're able to then uh, negotiate their way out of that in a way that makes it successful. So um, don't uh, rush back in uh, and try and solve it too quickly. Um, certainly keep everyone safe listen to the risk management podcast Uh, but also but like let young leaders get in there and try absolutely and and the church can be this great atmosphere too to to really be this place where young people can be encouraged to try new things um even if they do fail because uh there's a safe place for them to do that uh you know we're blessed obviously to have the gift of confession and absolution to be able to confess our sins to receive christ's forgiveness uh, to do that as a community uh, to do that in corporate worship to know that our sins are forgiven by jesus um, and so when there truly is sin involved, um, that we have that, again, that opportunity to come and know that we are forgiven um, in that. Um, but then also just in general, too, we have an environment of warmth, challenge, and grace that uh, we've talked about. This means that we can uh, reach big um, in that kind of uh, freedom of the gospel that we have and try new things and see how the Holy Spirit might work that and see what happens. Because um, God often does more than we expect. And, and God uses our failures too, to bring growth and to bring learning and to bring uh, grace and to bring connection as the family of God as well. And so beautiful things can happen out of that. Uh, One key point that I have come to appreciate with more experience in my life as well is to debrief everything, to really increase that learning that comes from those learning opportunities, to learn from mistakes, to learn from joys, to learn from successes, um, and to help other people learn through that as well. 
Um, so everyone learns by processing the experiences they have, uh, especially those who are leading and trying things for the first time. It's your brain is just taking in so much information or there's anxiety over maybe things or trying new things and stress. And just to take that time to decompress a little bit um, and especially think through and process the experience. So asking questions like, uh, what worked well? What could have gone better? What would we do differently next time? Uh, what are you still unsure about? What do you still have questions on? Uh, all are great prompts. Um, there's tons of these prompts that you can use to help a young leader process through something. Uh, and we make sure to process through what they do as a leader. And then process, I even have them help me process through what I do as a leader, both to get an example for them <laughs> of what it sounds like to me, because I process through, you know, all of those pieces, the end of an event, I'm talking through that maybe with my adult leaders, or I'm thinking through that as, a, as just a leader myself. Okay, how would I have done that differently? Uh, to hear them, listen to me process to that to help me do that. All of that helps them to think about um, how we can um, do better in the next time or how do we keep what went well? How do we see God working uh, maybe in ways that we expected or didn't? Like how, how did God uh, really show up in this spot and, and do something? And how do we recognize those things? I, I think in that too, if you talked about before, you know, not talking about responsibility, um, I think this is a great time to, to, to let young leaders answer um, and process that before maybe you just jump in and give advice. I mean, I think, like you said, you can model the processing side, but before maybe giving advice is to really hear them before you kind of shut down the conversation. So so let the young leader get there. Listen well, ask good questions, um, let them say it in their own words, and let them um, process that themselves at their own level and their own time, too, I think can be one of those things. It's a good, it's a good uh, leadership development for us, I think, as adults. Um, to do that um, and to let them have that opportunity to process. Yeah, it's a it's a chance to guide them through that process. Um, so for me, often it was, um, okay, tell me about how you felt when this happened mm-hmm. and finding some points, but then stepping back and letting them talk themselves in the, all the way through that. Because okay? they're really smart young people. Yeah, right, I mean, right. those young people are able to pinpoint very quickly. Yeah. Um, what what they needed to learn, what they could have done better, how they can challenge themselves better next time. And I think continuing to say to them next time, how are we going to do this next time? How are we going to do this next time? Tells them that even if something did not go the way we wanted, even if they fell, even if it didn't work out, um, it happens. God's still here. God's still at work. The gospel still proclaimed and we'll figure it out for next time. Um, that's, that's the framework that helps us continue to stay confident through the times when God works despite us right, right, right. <laughs> rather than necessarily uh, the way that we had hoped. And I think finally for us to think about how we provide opportunities to celebrate publicly and correct privately um, for, is it true for all leaders? This is just generally true, but it's particularly important for young leaders that we uh, appreciate them publicly and that we make correction privately um, so that everyone appreciates being thanked and recognized. Hopefully you are regularly recognizing your volunteers, your leaders, the people who um, are are doing ministry in your congregation and in your community. Um, But make sure that you're specifically pointing back to young leaders uh, when they do something well. Even if it's a small thing, mm-hmm. uh, being able to point and say, hey, you know, so-and-so really helped, you know, 
is helping with a live stream online or is helping us figure out Zoom or is stepped up in this particular way. Uh, that helps them to gain levels of confidence and helps the congregation to gain a level of confidence in a young leader. Absolutely. And, and the time may come when you do need to correct something. Um, and certainly a suggestion that we take is to take them aside and talk it through that um, and don't undermine a young leader publicly. And again, this doesn't mean, as Juliana said, doesn't mean you don't step in and take over to prevent or stop an emergency. Like there's uh, definitely that wisdom to do that. But it means we don't reprimand a young leader in front of others, too. Um, and so that we find that time to be able to sit down and talk with them in a loving way and have that conversation with them. Is that's really a great opportunity for growth to happen uh, where something like growth might actually get stunted by doing it publicly in, in a way that undermines them. Yeah. Ultimately, a lot of this is about treating a young leader the way you want yep. to be treated. Um, they are Young people are passionate about the gospel. They want to live out their vocation as a part of the church. Um, and when we treat them as fellow members of our congregation and as, as uh, young people who are uh, ready and willing to step up into leadership, when we lift them up, when we let them learn like any new leader, uh, regardless of age, then we're really able to foster something really valuable in them. Uh, and and they're not some sort of strange alien being. <laughs> like, uh, but also, you know, all of us were young leaders at one point, right? right? Uh, regardless of all of us were new leaders at one point um, and we had to learn and practice and we had somebody else who stood beside us and helped mentor us through this at different levels um, over time and so we can really it takes time it takes energy but it's really valuable uh, to be able to do that for new young people so a couple of closing challenges for you to think about how are you working to know the gifts the skills the passions and experiences of your young people uh, so that you can put them into roles that are good fits for them it's like a question to consider is how are you setting up young leaders for success and then finally how are you encouraging and supporting young leaders in a way that helps them to continue to grow and learn uh, we will continue to keep you in our prayers as you look to raise up young leaders in your congregation and in your youth ministry. Be encouraged that when you do this well, it not only helps your young people and your congregation, but you are ultimately fostering and helping uh, congregations wherever that young person ends up going in their life as you raise them up, uh, giving them leadership skills and abilities, ways to live out their vocation that will have a positive ripple effect in congregations wherever that person goes for the rest of their life. Absolutely. We hear so often from church workers that it was a congregation who invested in these leadership roles that started to help them down that path as the Holy Spirit used that into pastor, DCE, teacher, deaconess, uh, music, whatever it may have been, um, that, you know, that investment was huge for the broader church uh, to give you that vision of, of bigger than just your local congregation, but how that young leader can be someone to, that affects the lives of others through the gospel um, in many ways. So we're so thankful for your investment in that. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Give us a positive review as it helps other people find us. Ed Gold's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.